0: Luke Fickle is going into his sixth season as the Bearcats head coach. Be thankful, Bearcats fans, because this is unique. And it's not so much what the Bearcats do to try to get back to the college football playoff this season. It's what the teams that they play do as well. Plus, the latest on who the men's basketball program is targeting in the transfer portal. It's all coming up on Locked On Bearcats. Locked On Bearcats daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to lockdown Bearcats on our YouTube channel. Like and share a comment on this video. And you can also download Lockdown Bearcats from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And when you do, like, share a comment, and give it a rating because all of this helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. Alex Frank here with you on this Wednesday, April the 13th of 2022. And by the way, just a tremendous conversation yesterday with Russ Heltman of All Bearcats, AllBearcats.com, and Sports Illustrated. Tremendous. Uh, in say, he gave, covers the Bearcats daily for the newly um, newly founded, that's so redundant, uh, the new website, allbearcats.com, which of course is published by my good friend, James Rapine. And I'm sure he is your good friend too. So we talked about a lot of things yesterday. We talked about the quarterback battle. We talked about the offensive and defensive lines. We talked about replacing Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. We talked about you know, I asked him straight up if the Bearcats go thirteen and zero, how hard will it be for the Bearcats to make the college football playoff? And then we talked about Luke Fickle going into his sixth season as head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats. I remember it was still surreal. It was surreal when he was when he was entering his fourth season with the Bearcats at the start of twenty twenty. I remember I was I outlined my spotting board that I used when I commentated football games for Bearcats Media, and I remember writing Luke Fickle fourth season. I'm like, I can't believe I'm writing this down, like. Mark Dantonio, Butch Jones, Brian Kelly—they all didn't stay four years, and those were all instrumental coaches in you know bringing this generation of Bearcats fans. So Luke Fickle going into his sixth season, you need to be—you need to be thankful, Bearcats fans. If you're listening to this, which I know you are, you need to be thankful that Luke Fickle is still around, is is still the head coach of the Bearcats. He's in his sixth season, and you think about all the jobs that have been. Surrounded that have surrounded him, that he has been connected to, that have opened up in his time here. Boston College, West Virginia, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Florida, USC, uh, you name it. There was rumors that Ryan Day was going to go to the Chicago Bears and the Ohio State job was going to open up and then all hell was going to break loose here in Cincinnati and all along I-71. Hell is real in football too. Yeah, well, it is real in football, but this version of football. But it didn't happen. Luke Fickle did not leave Cincinnati. I've never been concerned that he was going to leave Cincinnati. And there's one reason why, two reasons why, actually. There have been two things that he has said throughout his tenure at Cincinnati. One of them is he constantly references, and Lance McAllister tweeted about this when the Bearcats were getting set to play Houston in the conference championship game last year. He said that Luke Fickle talks about dealing with 18- to 22-year-olds. And 18- to 22-year-olds today, and I just was one of those. I mean, I'm not far removed from that stage in life. You know, what they need is they need a consistent voice. They need someone they can trust, especially in this day and age in society. You know, you think about one thing that I... Don't like is when I, I I'm being. I, I just let me, let me say what I do like. I like when I when I have consistency. When I'm being when I'm being told consistent advice from the same person or not. I shouldn't say the same person, but I get consistent advice from consistent people. I can have multiple people give me advice. So when you have eighteen to year old eighteen to twenty two year olds in college. They don't want to transfer. They don't want multiple head coaches. They don't want multiple offensive coordinators. Think about the five-year build that the Bearcats have been on since Luke Fickle arrived. How many major changes have there been? One. And that was Marcus Freeman leaving to go be the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. And that did not really impact the Bearcats that much. Maybe you overreacted to it. Maybe you had some issues with things that Mike Dressel did. The Bearcats still made the college football playoff. Mike Dembrock did not leave until after this, this past season. Brian Mason, special teams coordinator, did not leave until after this season. Sure, they had an influx of position coaches. That's fine. Okay. But they haven't had change at the top. They haven't had change at the two coordinators on both sides of the ball, outside of Marcus Freeman. And they didn't have change at special teams either. And you look at those areas. offense evolved, defense was so good for the last four years, has been so good for the last four years and probably will be again this year. Special teams was a huge asset to this has been a huge asset to this program for the last five years. So we like consistency with 18 to 22 year olds. We like change. They have that consistent voice. They don't have multiple people telling them because sometimes that can be confusing. I'm all for getting different perspectives. One great lesson I've been I've been taught in life, and I'm still you know figuring out what this means, but it makes a lot of sense. Is a board of directors where you have five people. If you're if you're making an important decision in life, you want you want to have your five people, your board of directors get in, get their insight, what they think. And five people from five different walks of life, family, friends, co-workers, uh, maybe clergy members. I don't know. But in this case, you want to have, you know, that consistent voice. And that's what Luke Fickle has been for many of these players. Think about players like Wilson Huber and Malik Van. They've had the same head coach leading them. They've been under the same leadership. So they can go out there and just improve, continue to improve, right? That's what's so great about this. You know when a head coach, you know, goes to a program. I mean, think of think of any head coach. Look at look at um Shaheen Holloway, for instance, at St. Peter's. He takes St. Peter's to the Elite Eight, one of the most unprecedented runs in NCAA tournament history, and then immediately takes the Seton Hall coaching job. So whether or not he's going he's going to say that he takes credit for what he did, at the end of the day, when you build a program that isn't at the Power 5 level, you get noticed. Because there is changes to head coaching positions at the Power 5. And Shaheen Holloway, now that i Hall is not technically a Power 5 conference, I consider it a major program. Because they have been really good for a long period of time. But I think about if a head coach goes to a school like Cincinnati, builds the program, does well for three years, then leaves. Even though he's not going to take credit. Even though he's not going to say he's taking credit. He is, in a sense, by leaving. Because deep down, we know that these head coaches are trying to progress in the profession. Move up. But as you heard Russ Helton say on my show yesterday... This is no longer that school in Cincinnati. By Luke Fickle deciding after year two, after year three, and even in the midst of year five, to not take a power five head coaching job, that is how he has been able to build the Cincinnati program. Because he very easily could have, after two years, oh, he resurrected the program, got them to a bowl game, won 11 games. Yeah, I'm going to go coach Boston College in the ACC, where there's more money and more resources. But another quote Luke Fickle has mentioned is the grass is not always greener on the other side. I remember my dad and I had a debate about this in May of 2019. Because he asked me, if you're a head coach, and like, let's say I'm I'm a head coach at UCF, which Scott Frost, as soon as he took UCF to the pinnacle, bolted for Nebraska. So he never really even got to enjoy their success. Josh Heupel comes in, he does well, now he's at Tennessee. Because there's more money. Luke Fickle is in this, Luke Fickle is in this job for the right reasons. And everything he has said, you continue to like him more and more. Because he's not like previous head coaches. So the debate was, my dad asked me this, if you're a head coach, and you get offered more money in a Power 5 school, would you take it? I'm not leaving UCF. At that point, I was not leaving UCF for Nebraska. What has Nebraska done since they won three national championships in the 90s? Dip squat. What has Scott Frost done since he's been in Nebraska? Uh crickets. If only I can make the sound effect. Anyway, and I and I remember I read him some quotes because he was surprised at me that I would say, I'm not necessarily taking that power five job. I read him some quotes. Grass is not always greener on the other side. That was the main quote I went back to. Because Nebraska's in the Big Ten. Scott Frost has never beaten Ohio State. He, as far as I'm concerned, he's never beaten Michigan. They've not been to a bowl game. You can say, oh, well, they're competitive. Yeah, well, at some point in time, you got to be more than competitive. you got to actually win games. And Scott Frost has not done that. Luke Fickle has. All these Power 5 jobs that he has turned down, he's been a man of his word. And it's so easy to say that you are. But when you take a Power 5 head coaching job, like Butch Jones, like Mark D'Antonio, like Brian Kelly, you're really not. Luke Fickle is the rare combination of being a man of his word. What he says is what you get. Because not all head coaches are like that. They'll 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 talk coach speak. And they'll say what they need to say, or should say. So no, so they don't have more stories written about them that don't necessarily need to be written, or aren't, or don't shine a positive light on them. Luke Fickle's not like that. Everything he says has been has come to fruition. He has walked the walk. Be thankful for that. Because these 18 and 22 year olds have had the same leadership. So all they have to do is go out there and continue to improve. Brady Collins has been Brady Collins has been a constant. Mike Denbrock and Marcus Freeman were constants, and Luke Fickle remains that constant. Sure, there is sure there was a change in athletic director. That's fine. John Cunningham is completely behind Luke Fickle. John Cunningham also has his men's basketball head coach right now, which we'll get to that in segment three. But up next, uh, you heard Russ and I talk yesterday about the college football playoff. And I went back and listened to our conversation. Um, I went back and listened to our conversation. And the one thing I took away was it's not necessarily what the Bearcats do next year to try and get back to the playoff. It's what other teams that they play do as well. I'll get into it next. But first, I need to tell you about Bill Park. Because this is that time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. And why not? It's April 13th. I mean, New Year's was what, 100 plus days ago? Not this year, though. I'm sticking to my resolution and eating right thanks to Belt Bar because it almost feels like it's not really a candy bar. They're low calorie. I'm sorry, a protein bar. They're low calorie. They're high in protein. You can, you can replace your candy bars with these because they are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere for, excuse me, two to 300 calories. But go to Belt.com and scroll down to the macros chart, and you'll be blown away. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low carbs. Most Bilt Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar and net carbs. 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. So you got all these flavors, mint, brownie, coconut, coconut, almond. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it and it will be delicious and good for you. At Bilt Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first. I don't know how, but then they make it healthy and they pull it off every time. So you can go to build.com and use promo code Locked15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code Locked15 for 15% off at build.com. The Cincinnati Bearcats last year made the college football playoff, and whether or not you expected them to make it at the start of the season, the fact that they that they did is extremely impressive. But one thing that they were given was a chance at the start of the season and in the middle of the season when the initial playoff rankings came out. I remember the biggest thing that happened to to the Bearcats last year was getting that top 10 preseason ranking. If they were ranked 12, probably would not have gotten in. But they were 8. And at one point, they jumped to 7. And then they all of a sudden were up to 2. But the fact that they were ranked number 8... In the AP Top 25. That told me, okay, there is a chance. Now, obviously, the AP rankings, they matter at the start of the season. But once you get to the middle of October, you really don't, you really don't start to think about them. Even when the Bearcats were up to three and then two, I'm like, great. Talk to me November 2nd. Is that the day? Yeah, November 2nd. Talk to me. When the initial playoff rankings come out, they did. The Bearcats were number six. Oh, people were outraged at Gary Barta. Oh, my God. How could you put Ohio State ahead of them? How was Oregon ahead of them? And then the fact that they said, well, um, there was a lot of debate between three through nine. So that means that Alabama wasn't, they were clear cut number two. Oh, people were outraged. I'm like, guys, they're number six. They're right there. They have a chance. And so then teams lost the next week. Michigan State lost the next week. Who else lost that week? I feel like other teams lost that week. So Michigan State lost that week to Purdue. And Cincinnati won. So then the committee moved them up. And that said to me, okay, if teams are going to move up And benefit from Michigan State losing, then Cincinnati should too. And when they did, it showed, okay, they're getting equal treatment. When Oregon lost two weeks later, Cincinnati moved up to number four. And Ohio State moved up to, and Ohio State and Michigan moved up as well. Or actually, Michigan dropped. No, they moved up, sorry. When Cincinnati moved into number four, when they were given fair treatment, I knew, okay, there was a chance. They won their last two games, got into the playoff. It's going to be different this year. Because I think the biggest question is going to be how much impact will the talent that's being lost have on where the Bearcats are ranked at the start of the season? And even if they're, what, 7-0 or 8-0 come the initial playoff rankings, what's going to happen? I mean, where are the Bearcats going to be ranked? If they're 7-0 or 8-0 with a win over Arkansas, does that mean they're going to be ranked high in the initial rankings? Or are they going to say, well, they don't have a lot of talent, so what reason do we have to give them a chance? We'll just put them in the top 25 somewhere because, yeah, they deserve to be in there. And I have a bad feeling that's what's going to be. It's probably going to be that way at the start of the season, too. Because AP voters are going to look at the are going to look at this roster. They're going to look at who they have and say, well, they lost Desmond Ritter. They lost Sauce Gardner. They lost Kobe Bryant. Yeah, they've been in the. They went to the playoff last year. They've been in the New Year Six Bowl the last two years. But they're going to be like, does this team really have a chance? It wouldn't shock me if they stuck him at twenty or twenty-one. If they're top fifteen, I think they still have a chance because if they beat Arkansas, they're moving up to the top ten. They are like that. That is that's what's going to happen. But I seriously do wonder how much impact will the losses of Ritter, Bryant, Sauce Gardner, Alec Pierce, Jerome Ford, MyJ Sanders, whomever. How much will have? How much impact will that have on the rankings? Because I believe it will have some, if not a lot. It shouldn't, but it will. So we have what needs to happen. They need to be ranked in the top fifteen. I don't think they will. They need to be undefeated. That's obvious. Now, when they get into the Big Twelve, they can lose a game and still get in. Although the Big Twelve, I mean, you can probably—I mean, you can you can afford to lose a game in the Big Twelve and still get in, but not nearly as a benefit at the doubt level as in the Big Ten or SEC. So let so. What also needs to happen? It's not so much what the Bearcats do. We talked about last year. I remember Chad Brendel talked vehemently about this when he was filling in for Mo Egger on 1530 ESPN. And ESPN 1530. Did I just say 1530 ESPN? Wow. Anyway, Chad talked about Notre Dame needed to win out after the Bearcats beat them. Indiana needed to have a solid season. They didn't. You know, the American needed to be a strong conference. They needed to play Houston or Memphis in the championship game. Russ brought up a great point yesterday. Russ Heltman brought up a great point on my show yesterday that Houston and Memphis not being on the schedule this year, that hurts. That is a massive uh, disappointment because those would have been key win opportunities. Yes, you could beat UCF and SMU, but you're not going to have an opportunity to beat Memphis or, S- or Houston in the regular season and then potentially again in the conference championship game. That's massive. So the Bearcats can beat Arkansas. They can beat Indiana. They can beat every team in the AAC that they play. But it's a matter of what those other teams do. Arkansas needs to go 11 and 1 then. Well, let me tell you, they got Alabama, BYU, and they've got Alabama, BYU, and Liberty. And I think they'll beat Liberty. I think they'll beat BYU. But Alabama, I don't know. That's a tough schedule right there. I mean, the SEC, I mean, we know it's the best conference in college football. It's a matter of Indiana going at least nine and three or 10 and two. Okay. You've got Michigan, Ohio state and Michigan state on your schedule right there. L L and L. So they have to win every other game and they're not beating Cincinnati. So that means eight and four. Is that going to be enough? And then it's a matter of where they're ranked in the AP preseason. And then the initial playoff rankings, the fact that they were ranked number eight last year was huge in the preseason top 25, the fact that they were ranked number six in the initial playoff rankings, while everybody was outraged, I said, Hey, there's still, there's still a chance here. There was still a chance. Ohio state and Michigan were going to play. One of those teams is going to lose. There they go. Um, Georgia and Alabama. I didn't think both teams were going to get in. I thought Georgia was going to wipe Alabama's clocks in the sec championship game. That didn't happen, but because there was so much chaos. And because the ACC sucked and the big 12 didn't produce a playoff team, Oklahoma State was the best chance that they had to get in, and Notre Dame was 11-1, and they didn't have the benefit of playing that conference championship game. Cincinnati went 13-0, and they were in. Is that going to happen again this year? I don't know. I've said on previous shows, I don't believe it will, but it still can. So there's a lot that needs to happen. It's going to be harder to get back to the playoff this year than it was last year. But it shouldn't be, because if they were ranked number 8 based off of what they did in 2020— Shouldn't they be ranked high this year based off of making the playoff last year? Like, yeah, Alabama and Clemson are losing talent as well. George's Georgia's losing a crap ton of talent this year. And they're probably going to be ranked in the top five. Why, why, why can that why can they benefit from that? But Cincinnati cannot. Again, power five benefits. It sucks that it is that way. But be thankful that the Bearcats are going to the Big 12 and be thankful, Luke Fickle. Has stuck around to build this program so high that it is going to the Big 12, and they're going to reap the benefits from that, especially when we get to a basketball conference. Speaking of which, uh, I think it's time for an update on the men's basketball transfer portal, who the Bearcats are targeting, and how they can help the Bearcats next year get back to where they belong, and that is the NCAA tournament. We will get into it, but first a word from Rock Auto, what this episode is brought to you by with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for you to go to your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, but only choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? Well, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. I should have mentioned this before the start of segment two, so I'll mention it now. Now for a big announcement, because starting Thursday, April 28th, tune into Lockdown NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders and for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On NFL Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. Locked On NFL Draft will be on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page. Odyssey NFL Mock Draft will be on Odyssey and Locked On NFL Draft podcast feeds. Locked On NFL Draft live Thursday, April 28th at 7 p.m. Friday, April 29th. At 6.30 and then April 30th at 11.30 a.m. Odyssey NFL mock draft will be from 8, April 18th through the 22nd and the 25th on the Odyssey and Locked On NFL podcast feeds. We are just 15 days away from the NFL draft. Sauce Gardner, a top 10 pick, seemingly now in every mock draft. It'll be interesting to see where Desmond Ritter goes. We will have so much more on that leading up to the draft Thursday April 28th through Saturday, April 30th, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, I I think that these months, after the college football season, after the Super Bowl, they're so hard to get through. And, yes, March Madness does help. But once you hit the draft and once you hit the warm weather, then you start getting ready for football season. You start reading Athlon Sports' preview issues. You start reading all the preview issues anywhere else you find. And then before you know what the catches up, then you know training camp's starting. Then all the storylines come through. And yet, right now, I'm going to talk about men's basketball. Because there are some players the Bearcats are targeting in the transfer portal. Most notably, and most recently, West Virginia transfer shooting guard Sean McNeil. Sean McNeil has his uh, schools whittled down to six. Cincinnati is included six. Cincinnati is included in that list, last year at West Virginia, he averaged 12.2 points per game, two and a half boards, and he shoots 37.8 percent from three. That's a guy that I can have on, that I would like to have on this team. Some guy that's going to give me outside shooting, some guy that's going to give me scoring, some guy that's going to crash the boards, and be versatile. That's what this team needs. Then Jameer Young from Charlotte, who averaged nearly 20 points a game last year, 5.9 boards. He uh, dished out almost four assists per game. Uh, he is focused on preparing for the draft, but other schools like Gonzaga, Maryland, and Kansas have heard from, I'm sorry, he's been in contact with those schools. Uh, Taylon Cooper from Morehead State, last year's uh, Ohio Valley Conference leader in total assists, averaged just over nine points a game, four and a half boards a game, almost six assists per game, shot over 40% from the field. These are all players that I want to see in a Bearcats uniform. What's going to help this Bearcats team is versatile guards and a strong big. Look at Bearcats teams in the past, who they have had. They've had versatile guards, these big, strong, able-bodied guards, and then their front court has been what's dominated for years. Guys like Kenya Martin, guys like Danny Fortson, guys like Justin Jackson, guys like Kyle Washington, Gary Clark, Trey Scott. They need that. They haven't had that in recent years. The hope was, remember two years ago when they land when they landed Rapulas Ivanowskis in the transfer in the transfer portal. And that was a stretch four guy. Everyone was really excited about it. That didn't pan out. They landed David DeJulius. That's panned out. But they need a stretch four because that is what wins games in college basketball. And they need shooting. Because they've won in the regular season without shooting before, I understand all that. But when it comes to the postseason, look at look at the games that were played in the Final Four. Kansas won because they could shoot threes, timely threes. And when North Carolina couldn't buy a three in the second half, they were doomed because Kansas kept making shots. You can come back. You you can make it. You can mount a comeback based on threes, and you can pull away based on threes. If you don't have that. You're going to have to scrap and claw your way to win games. Now, that is this team's identity and this program's identity. But they need more scoring from the outside. They need more physicality on the inside. The one thing I keep coming back to is that this team last year was just a bunch of individual players playing a game of basketball. There wasn't flow. There wasn't chemistry. I've seen Bearcats teams in the past that have had tremendous chemistry. My first two years at Cincinnati, that was the case. Even to an extent, the first season under John Brandon, there was chemistry. When that offense was flowing, there was, you know, a looseness to them. There was um, Keith Williams and Micah Adams-Woods. There was Jaron Cumberland, who, I mean, he, he, he was someone that I believe had four straight seasons of 100 more assists. And people always didn't think he was an assist guy. He actually was. This team last year, I mean, they could not move the ball. They could not get inside. And as a result, they would just jack up 33s a game. You can't live and die by that. You have to be able to push the ball inside, especially against teams in the American. Now, a selling point you can make to these recruits is, hey, we're going to the Big 12. You can help us become more physical because you will face physicality in the Big 12. I guarantee it. That's why whoever they land in this year's transfer portal cycle is so critical to the development of this team. That's going to do it for me today here on Lockdown Bearcats. Don't forget, on Friday, John Garcia, recruiting expert from Sports Illustrated, joins me. We're going to talk about how the Bearcats have evolved in recruiting under Luke Fickle. We're going to uh, maybe have another guest on this week. we got to figure out how we're going to – actually, we will. But we got a lot of content to fill Uh, for these next six to seven weeks before we head into uh, the summer months. And then next thing you know, we're going to be starting up in fall camp. So thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Lockdown NFL Draft. As Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices, it is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Lockdown Bearcats on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Like and share a comment on the video. And if you're downloading from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, don't forget to like, share a comment, and give it a rating because all of that helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and email me at alex3frank at gmail.com. That's all lowercase, alex3frank the number at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats, again, your first listen every day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.